Welcome to the Senior Living 411 series. The information shared in this show is for general informational purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. Welcome everyone to the Senior Living 411 series. As you all know, November is Fall Prevention Month. And today's topic is going to be covering step three of a three-part series of the Falls Prevention Guide for Seniors. It's the 411 and developing a Falls Prevention Action Plan. Now, my name is Desiree King and I'm a Senior Home Safety Specialist here in Ontario. And I just wanted to share with you, I've had such a wonderful day uh, my daughter was off school and we went around delivering food baskets to seniors in need. As you all know, the prices of foods have gone up so much with COVID and there are so many seniors in need. So every Thursday or Friday, I volunteer my time delivering food baskets. I want to give a special shout out to the African Food Basket and the Ace Supreme Foundation for all of the wonderful work you're doing in our community. If anyone is looking for a cause, a way to help in these times of need, please reach out to the Ace Supreme Foundation or the African Food Basket. We're always looking for drivers and also donations would be great to help make this, pro this program work, um, sponsored by the Government of Ontario and the Government of Canada. So before I continue with the show, I wanted to first share my story with you. The first question that I'm often asked when I deliver seminars to groups such as this is, what do you know about aging? Or you're so young, or the most popular one, why do you care? And my response is quite honest, it, it's, it's my passion. You know, one of the first things I learned, I discovered when I really wanted to be more involved with working with the aging population was that really you have to come from contribution. It has to be something you do from the heart and you have to be patient. There's so many things. So pretty much for me, I eat, sleep and breathe working with seniors. It's really my one thing. Now I'm probably gonna date myself here, so promise not to ask me my age, but when I was 14, I volunteered to work as a candy striper. Now, you're right. Do you remember those people working in the hospital with the red and white aprons on? I was one of those, thanks to my mom, who's also a geriatric nurse. They wore the red and white aprons, and in my case, I delivered books on the geriatric floor. I then went on to work as a dietary aide in the geriatric ward of a hospital throughout my high school years. And since then, I've worked in or owned several senior-related businesses. Most recently, I was a realtor for the past six years who specialized in working with the 55 plus demographic. And I've taken a plethora of courses in aging in place, downsizing, retirement living options, and dementia care. I've also worked as a client care coordinator for one of the leading home health care companies in North America. Now, I must admit that during my time spent as a realtor, I've always felt a pull towards the educating and serving side of the business more so than the transactional real estate side. So at the beginning of 2020, I knew that something in my life was going to change. I knew that my calling was greater than my career. Little did I know that we would be hit with a pandemic called coronavirus. Over the past seven months, the coronavirus has killed roughly 9,822 Canadians, and 81% of these deaths are linked to long-term care homes and seniors. 
Health officials have cited the need for rigorous visitor and resident care protocols and precautions in these facilities. But the solution is also in our hand. We, as a people, as the future elderly population of this country, have to make some decisions as well. I firmly believe that we as Canadians need to change our thinking and method of caring for the elderly. One possible solution is that we honor the wishes of our elderly members of society and allow them to stay at home by doing what places like Scotland have done and pouring money into home modifications and home health care as opposed to hospital funding. Over the past two months, as I sat at home listening to the news and watching the numbers of deaths occur with our seniors, I realized that I wanted to do more than I was already doing. I realized that being a realtor did not align with my desire to have a greater impact on the lives of seniors. The ancient Greek physician Hippocrates once said, drastic times call for drastic measures. And my drastic measure took the form of me officially resigning from real estate in May of 2020 and turning my attention to my one thing, which is senior home safety. While many seniors want to stay at home safely, their homes are not equipped to do so. And you'll see in the numbers that I show you later on exactly how that reflects. In preparation for what I see will be a shift in the mindset of seniors, their adult children, and society on the whole, my main objective is to assist families in figuring out what is wrong in the homes of themselves or their loved ones and what needs to be addressed in order to allow our seniors to be safe in their own homes. Now you may be asking, why is false prevention so important? Why is there a whole month dedicated to fall prevention? I'm gonna give you four reasons today. Falls are common. Falls are the leading cause of fatal and non-fatal injuries for older Canadians. As a matter of fact, one in four older adult falls each year. And every 11 seconds, an older adult is treated in the emergency room for a fall. Every 19 minutes, an older adult dies from a fall. Second reason. Falls can cause serious injuries. Falls result in injuries such as hip fractures, broken bones, and head injuries. In fact, more than 2.8 million older adults are treated in emergency departments annually because of a fall, resulting in over 800,000 hospitalizations. Third reason, falls are costly. The average hospital visit cost for a fall injury is over $30,000. Falls with or without injury also carry a heavy burden on the quality of life. And after a fall, many older adults develop a fear of falling and as a result, limit their activities and social engagement. Fear of falling can result in further physical decline, depression, social isolation, and feelings of helplessness. And the fourth reason, falls impact caregivers too. Research has shown that after a care recipient's first fall, Caregivers report a significant increase in caregiver burden, fear of falling, and depression. Research has also shown that the toll on the family caregiver's health appears to increase over time. If you can prevent a fall, whether it is you as the caregiver or the person you are caring for, you can save time, stress, and money. Fall prevention is a team effort. There are others who want to help you maintain your and your loved one's mobility and reduce the risk of falling and injuries. Over the past two days, we have discussed the 411 on why caregiving can be a challenging role 
And on that show, I had my husband, Alpha King, along with a friend of ours, Giselle, who both shared their perspectives on caring, on being caregivers for their older parents. The four, we also talked about the 411 on is it time to talk about fall prevention? And for that, we used the fall risk self-assessment checklist as a starting point. Then yesterday, we discussed the 411 on saying how to say, I'm concerned about your safety and your chances of falling. So if you missed those last two shows, don't worry, they're right here in the Senior Living 411 series group, or you can find it either on my YouTube channel under Senior Living 411 Inc. or on any one of my podcasts on Spotify and a whole bunch of other places for the podcast. Now today we will use the risks identified in step one and the conversation notes in step two to develop your action plan. Action step number one, enlist the support in taking steps to stay safe. Determine if there's a reason to be concerned about falling. Many adults recognize that falling is a risk, but they believe it won't happen to them or they won't get hurt, even if they've already fallen in the past. A good place to start is by having a conversation about it. That's what this tool is intended to do. If there are concerns about falling, dizziness, or balance, it might be best to discuss with a healthcare provider who can further assess risk and suggest programs or services that could help. Action step number two, discuss current health conditions. Determine if you or the care recipient is experiencing any problems with managing your health. And that's where that checklist would help in step one. Has there been difficulty in remembering to take medication or have there been side effects? Is it getting more difficult to do things that used to be easy? Speak openly with your healthcare provider about all of your concerns. Step three, note when the last eye checkup was. Get your vision checked annually. If you or the person you are caring for wears glasses, make sure the prescription is current and the glasses are as, as advised by the eye doctor. Remember that using tint changing lenses can be hazardous when going from bright sun into darkened buildings and homes. A simple strategy is to change glasses upon entry or stop until the lenses adjust. Bifocals can also be problematic on stairs, so it's important to be cautious. And those struggling with low vision should really consult with a low vision specialist for ways to make the most of their eyesight. Action step number four. Notice if you or the person you are caring for is holding onto walls, furniture, or someone else when walking, or if there's difficulty arising from a chair. These are all signs that it might be time to see a physical therapist. A trained physical therapist can help improve balance, strength, and gait through exercise. They might also suggest a cane or a walker and provide guidance on how to use these aids. Make sure to follow their advice. Poorly fitted aids actually can increase the risk of these falls. Action step number five, review your medications. If you or the person you are caring for is having a hard time keeping track of medicines or is experiencing side effects like feeling dizzy or sleepy, discuss these concerns with a doctor and pharmacist. It may be best to have medications reviewed each time there is a new prescription. Keep a list of medications, including over-the-counter medications and supplements. The list is easily acceptable when you're visiting a doctor or a pharmacist. Step number six, do a walkthrough safety assessment of the home. Most falls happen at home. I repeat, most falls happen at home. 
There are many simple and inexpensive ways to make a home safer. For professional assistant, consult an occupational therapist. Here are some examples. The lighting. Increase the lighting throughout the house, especially at the top and the bottom of the stairs. Ensure that lighting is readily available when getting up in the middle of the night. The stairs. Make sure there are two secure rails on all stairs. Bathrooms. Install grab bars in the tub and shower and near the toilet. Make sure they've installed where your loved one would actually use them. For even greater safety, consider using a shower chair and handheld shower. Flooring. Keep floors clutter-free. Remove small throw rugs or use double-sided tape to keep the rugs from slipping. If you live out of town or are part of the sandwich generation with very little time to do this assessment, my recommendation is you hire a professional home safety advisor to do the home inspection for you. A home safety advisor can conduct a 240-point safety assessment, provide you with a detailed report with itemized recommendations, and also refer you to the appropriate tradesman should you require one. Action step number seven, find an appropriate community-based falls prevention program. Many communities across the country offer falls prevention programs that have been proven to help people reduce the risk and fear of falling. I'm gonna share with you four common programs. Matter of Balance, this program is for adults with moderate to high falls risk. The program emphasizes practical coping tactics to reduce fear of falling and teaches fall prevention strategies. It takes place in a structured group intervention of activities, including group discussion, skill building, and exercise training that can be done sitting. Another program is Stepping On. This program is for adults with moderate to high falls risk. The program offers strategies and exercises to reduce falls and increase self-confidence in making decisions and behavioral change in situations where older adults are at risk of falling. Participants should feel safe standing and walking independently before beginning the program. Next is Tai Chi. This is for adults with lower falls risk. Tai Chi programs help adults improve mobility, balance, strength, flexibility, and psychological health. Prior to starting Tai Chi, the participant should be able to stand on one leg for five or more seconds and not be fearful of falling. Another program is Stay Active and Independent for Life, and this also is for adults with lower falls risk. This physical activity program reduces falls risk factors by increasing strength and improving balance. Each class includes a warm-up, aerobics, balance activities, strengthening and stretching exercises that can be done seated or standing and educational components as well. Now, where to find these programs? Well, local area agencies on aging, state falls prevention coalitions, and local senior centers, the YMCA, the hospital, the health clinic, or the County Council on Aging. You can also contact me at Desiree at SeniorLiving411.com and I'll be more than willing to send you some information. The key component in all of these steps is to enlist the support of friends and family. It takes a village. If you do not have any friends or family nearby or you yourself are out of town, then look into private in-home care. We'll be discussing the 411 on home health care on November 26th. And if it's just you, then do look into home health care as well for some respite care so you get a break. The last thing we want is caregiver burnout. Now tomorrow, we'll have a live demo on the benefits of reflex reflexology for fall prevention. Reflexology is a non-intrusive practice whereby pressure points in the hands, feet, outer ears, 
and face are gently massaged to relax and soothe the body. Tomorrow's presentation will focus on the feet. Reflexology is a form of medicine that has very ancient roots. Its first instances can be found as far back as ancient China and Egypt, and recent studies have found links between its use and positive effects on the body. Because it's only used on the extremities, older people can receive it even if they're, if they're sitting down or laying down. This makes it very relaxing for those receiving it. It's a preventative and management practice used for those who suffer from conditions such as arthritis or rheumatism. It's important to note that reflexology is not a cure-all, nor does it claim to be as such. Rather, it's an effective supplement to be used alongside other procedures to promote faster recovery. So join me tomorrow and my special guest, Janice Gordon, for the 411 on benefits of reflexology for fall prevention. Janice has graciously allowed us to videotape her doing a reflexology massage on a live person. So it's gonna be really interesting to see that and go through the whole process and then have a discussion with her. Preventing health, preserving health independence is really helping yourself, a spouse or an aging parent to avoid falls goes a long way towards preserving health and independence. I want to thank you for joining us. And once again, remember that all our discussions can also be found on YouTube on the Senior Living 411 Incorporated channel or on the Senior Living 411 podcast. I'm now going to see if we have any questions. And I do have a question. We have someone named Paul who wants to know, how do you deal with a person who is set in their own ways? Well, you pretty much have to work with the person, like I mentioned yesterday, and be adaptable. You have to educate yourself so you're able to speak to them from a, a, a place of wisdom when you're imparting your knowledge. You have to remember that seniors want to preserve their independence as they should. So do not try and take away their independence from them. You want to work with them as, a, as opposed to for them, depending on their level of capabilities. And also, it takes time. You know, it really does take time. If there's an immediate need for an intervention, there are mediators who do work with families in more challenging situations to help get you through the process. And I can always make recommendations on that. You can reach out to me. Or also enlist your healthcare provider, uh, someone like who the person really respects, like a, a banker who they've banked with for years, a doctor, a dentist, a pastor, someone in the community who they look up to and have respect for. Sometimes it's not that they don't respect you, but it's good to find an authority figure that they do look to for advice that'll help to help you guide you in these, in these conversations. So I hope that answers your question, Paul. Uh, I have another question here from Marcia. She says, I have moved my things and my mom puts them back where she wants to. So Marcia, you have to explain to your mom why you're doing it showing her or letting her listen to seminars like this once again could be helpful but really it, it's it's a, it's a struggle for it's a struggle for power and there's a great book called um how to say it to seniors by david soley wonderful book it teaches you how to have these conversations with your parents and your loved ones and once you understand that there's two things that they're holding on to which is their independence and also their legacy so we don't want to take this back for them we want to don't do for do with so try doing an explanation, but say, mom, why do, what do you think? Or mom or dad, what do you think about if we move you know, this? Because I really don't want to see you fall because I love you. And I really want to have you with me for as long as possible in this home. Then 
you may gradually break through, but try doing it with them as opposed to for them. So they feel like they're part, so they are, not feel like, excuse me. So they are a part of the decision-making process. Marcia, I hope that helps you. As always, you can always reach out to me as well. And do I have any more questions? Ah, Frank. Frank says, can you give me some steps to get my father to be involved in the home safety check? Yes. Uh, if you're able to do it yourself, then have him go around with you and help to spot the differences. Or you can have a senior home safety advisor, such as someone like myself, come in. And actually, I go through the home and I explain to them exactly why these things would be better. A lot of the things that we recommend are very, they're aesthetically pleasing. So it's not like it's something that's blaring in your face, but have them have the conversation, show them informi informational videos like this one. And, you know, it's, and a lot of times too, you have to wait until they mention it and be ready to act as soon as they mention it. So for example, I have a client who really sees that her mother is having trouble getting into the traditional bathtub, but the mother doesn't want to change the tub. However, one day she mentioned, because she saw a, a, a commercial on TV, you know, it'd be nice to have a, a bath like that. Right there is your cue. Go in on it and say, really, mom, if I could make that happen, wouldn't you be happier? And none of the tens are going to say yes. So I hope all of my advice today has really helped you. I hope these seminars are really helping you. Uh, today is day six. I still got 24 more days and I'm going strong. So this weekend we have uh, Janice Gordon, as I mentioned, doing the reflexology demo and discussion. And then on Sunday, for those of you who don't know anything about stair lifts, join me for a very special guest, Kimberly Hallmark, where we discuss the 411 on indoor and outdoor stair lifts. Kimberly is a specialist in this field. She will help us discuss pricing, when to look into it. And I'll also provide you some information on organizations that you may be able to get some of the costs of it paid for. Once again, my name is Desiree King. And I want to thank you tonight for joining me on the Senior Living 411 series. Have a blessed evening.